Welcome to the Peaceful Life Podcast. This is Laura coming to you from a cottage in the woods in the peaceful mountains of California. This week, I decided to do something a little different. Inspired by my friend Christopher's podcast, I'm going to read a short story that I wrote a couple of years ago. It's a true story, autobiographical. And it relates to the episode I recorded with Christopher for my show called Making Peace with Your Bullied Inner Child, as it describes a time when my sister and I encountered two boys who held us hostage one sunny afternoon. So here's the story titled Fire Came Out. I was only three when I was held at gunpoint. Mom had put my sister Susan in charge of me that afternoon and told us to go play outside. Sometimes she needed relief from being a mother. Susan was 10, almost an adult from my perspective. We may have been on our way to the playground or the hospital gift shop just across the street. They sold candy. It was possible we had just decided to simply enjoy our outside time picking dandelions on the front lawn. Our play was interrupted by two boys who had rounded the corner of our building. They looked to be about Sue's age and took an immediate interest in us. They asked questions like, what are your names and what are you doing and where do you live? When I pointed to the building just three feet from the lawn, they exchanged a glance that, even at three, I knew appeared wicked. Up against the wall, one of the boys demanded, the nasty command contrasted with his Norman Rockwell-like features. I had almost taken a liking to the mop of red hair and freckles glowing in the summer sun. He physically dragged my sister to the brick wall while the other boy, less descript in my memory, pulled me up and shoved me against it next to her. Ow! I squeaked as the back of my head hit the building. My sister turned to check and see if I was okay. Don't hurt her! That was the moment that I understood we could be hurt. The redhead took Sue by the shoulders and shoved her down to a seated position on the sidewalk. You too, he said, pointing my direction. I sat down next to my sister and curled into her side. She comforted me, trying to assure me that everything was going to be okay. But her wet eyes conveyed the opposite message. I knew it wasn't okay. I knew we were in trouble. Mom! Sue let out an unexpected holler. I understood her strategy. Our apartment was on the first floor. The front room window was only 10 feet above our heads. No response. The boys laughed at her attempt, but an angry sort of laugh. The dichotomy of emotions confused me, frightened me even more. Then the red-headed boy pulled out a gun. Even at three, I knew from television that the gleaming silver weapon could hurt us, hurt us bad. My sister started to sob. Why are you doing this? Let us go, she pleaded. Our captors snickered, taking pleasure in our fear. The redhead waved the gun barrel in my sister's face, and then mine. I don't want to die, Susan cried. We were going to die? Most likely I had no conception of death, but her panic made me cry. You don't think I'll do it, the boy said, pacing between us. 
He stopped in front of Sue, aimed the gun at her head, and pulled the trigger. We both flinched at the click. Fire came out of the gun barrel, which frightened me. I didn't understand. Was it dangerous? Could that fire kill us? I took solace in the fact that my sister wasn't hurt. He waved the gun barrel until the fire came within inches of my face. After several minutes of this terror, which of course seemed like forever to us, the boys grew tired of the game, and in an instant, they ran away. My sister grabbed my hand and pulled me into the vestibule of our building, still weeping. She pressed the buzzer until another buzz responded, unlocking the inner door. We sprinted up one flight, flew into our apartment, and directly into our mother's arms, relaying our terrifying story. Mom didn't believe us. I don't see any boys, she said, pulling the curtain back and glancing out the window. And I'm sure they didn't have a real gun. I'm sure it must have been a toy. Fire came out, I said with my limited three-year-old vocabulary. I was still in tears, never wanting to let go of my mom's comforting midriff. Never wanting to leave the apartment ever again. Fire came out. There is no gun where fire comes out, replied my mother, dismissing the entire incident with a wave. Months, possibly years, passed, and I was watching television one night when I saw the gun where fire came out. A grown-up used it on a cigarette. It was a lighter. But in my memory, it was as real as a Glock 45, as I was only three years old when I was held at gunpoint. As soon as I wrote that story, I was able to put away the trauma, lay it to rest, and make peace with it. I truly believe that with past trauma, we have to acknowledge what happened. We cannot bury it deep inside ourselves. We need to acknowledge the pain, then revel in the fact that we survived it. In my life, I've had much worse happen than being terrorized by those boys. In the last episode with Belinda Farrell, I mentioned my fear of flying, which partially grew out of PTSD from the 1994 earthquake. By working with a therapist and telling the story over and over, I minimized my fear and was able to convince myself that I'm okay, that I'm safe. I was strong and I survived it. If you're suffering from any kind of past trauma or PTSD, I recommend you find someone who is trained to help you. They even have online therapists now with whom you can communicate over video chat or even just text if that's more comfortable for you. Oh, and P.S. Since the resurrection of this memory, I've looked on eBay to make sure what I saw in that commercial was a real product. And it was. There are butane lighters in the shape of 357 Magnums to submachine guns. Vintage and new. Yeah, they still make them. Some of the more current models even come with lasers. And even though I was held at hostage by a lighter, which seems so silly now, my three-year-old self didn't know, and Sue's ten-year-old self didn't know, we had no way of knowing when he pulled that trigger, whether it was a toy or if we were going to die. It's funny, when I sent the story to my sister, she said she had no recollection of the incident whatsoever. I even checked with my other sister, Kate, to see if maybe I had misremembered who I was with. 
Nope. Neither of them remember the incident which was literally seared into my childhood memory. A lot has happened these past couple of weeks pertaining to memory, past trauma, and responsibility. I guess it was the Kavanaugh hearings that brought this particular memory up. Two boys terrorizing two girls. I don't know what would happen if, say, the red-headed boy, who would be a man of older than 60 now, found me on Facebook and tried to apologize. More likely, he would say, we were just kids. This is Laura, and you've been listening to the Peaceful Life Podcast. You are a spectacular human being, made more spectacular by what you've survived. May every sunrise bring you promise and every sunset bring you peace. Have a wonderful week.